0: hello everybody how are you doing bit chilly isn't it but okay yeah we'll get it right one day we've managed to get the chiller working now we need to get the heating working as well well first of all uh, i've recently got back from nepal and i want to bring you greetings from king's church kathmandu really deeply felt greetings from them and much love they've asked me to send you and deep gratitude for all the help that we as a church are able to and will continue to give them in the future. I had an amazing time while I was out there, and I may refer to one or two occasions when I was out there i 'm having to use this mic because we 've had a few gremlins, and the time mic is not working very well. so I would like to uh, speak on hearing god 's voice in worship. Neil a couple of weeks ago kicked off the series. And he made three points. He said it's natural to hear from God. It's learned and it's developed. And if you want to hear further details, then please go to our website and download that sermon. I'm going to be basing mine around Psalm 24. And I'm going to read four verses from Psalm 24. And they are as follows. Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. And so hearing God's voice in worship, I want to focus on those times when we meet together corporately, as we did this morning. I want to focus on that, but not simply on that. I also want to look at, briefly, just sometimes when there's a small group of us, or maybe we're even on our own, and we draw near and worship. In Psalm 150, it says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So I think that includes everyone here. Let everything that has breath praise. Praise the Lord. It's a good thing to praise the Lord. I want to show you a couple of pictures now. Some quotes that I saw recently which rather intrigued me. The first one is from Professor Albert Einstein, where he says there, I often think in music. I live my daydreams in music. I see my life in terms of music. I was really struck by the power of music that he was seeing there. And the second one is from the composer, Beethoven, who wrote, music is a higher revelation than all wisdom and philosophy. The electrical soil in which the spirit lives, thinks, and invents. I just thought those were interesting observations about music. And I think when it's combined with truth and a good tune, it's particularly dynamic. Christians often use the expression anointed. Anointed. This song is anointed. There's, tr- there's a rich truth in it, and it comes with a good tune as well. I think we can all appreciate that music can stir us emotionally. It can make us, to varying degrees, happy or sad. It can trigger memories. Again, when I was in Kathmandu recently, I was in a microbus, and the driver had the radio on. And a particular song in English came through on the radio. And it triggered a memory in my mind. It triggered a memory of my daughter's wedding. And it was the song that I walked her up the aisle to. It took me back to that day. So music can stir us in many different ways. It can provoke memories. Also, while I was in Nepal recently at the conference, um, at lunchtime we had a lovely time and at lunchtime they put some music on through the speakers and i said would it be possible if i put one of the songs that i've got on and they said yeah sure so i put on a song that i had on my uh, phone and it was a song from new day a couple of years ago called this is amazing grace now i said this before i'm not a dancer i don't really like dancing i'm not given to dancing And uh, my wife will testify to that if ever we go to some kind of social event where there's dancing. I don't really like to. I like to sit at the back and just... And I have to be dragged onto the dance floor. But on this particular occasion... This song came on, this is Amazing Grace, and I just wanted to dance. And so I did. I got up and I danced. And the kids in particular, well, everybody thought this was incredible. The kids thought it was wonderful. They came up on the little stage with me as well, and they were really going for it to such an extent. They said to me the next day, are you going to do the same again? And I said, yeah, I will. So we did. The point is that these kind of experiences go beyond merely hearing a series of pleasant notes. That fit together quite nicely it 's profounder than that, the apostle James tells us in James four: eight, "Come near to God, and he will come near to you. so it's not just a matter of singing songs like we did this morning or not singing as the case may be. it's more than that it's about drawing near to God. So I want to ask you the question this morning. Are you drawing near to God in worship? Now, during the worship, I had a wander around the auditorium. I could see people drawing near to God in worship. It was just very clear to me. It's very obvious. I thought, yeah, they're they're drawing near to God in worship. I can see that. I have to say, I think there are others who would say the opposite. So I don't think they are drawing near to God in worship. So I'm asking you the question, and I want you to ask this of yourself. Are you drawing near to God in worship? In this psalm that I read, or part of it, it was originally designed for the triumphant entry of a king into the city of Jerusalem. Hence, open the gates you know, so that the king may come in. It's also a reference to the king of kings. Open the gates of heaven so that the king of glory may come in. He is worthy to come in. He has conquered death. Well, if we see it in today's context for you and me, what might the gates be? Swing wide the gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors. Well, I would suggest to you it's the gates of our hearts and minds. In the normal course of living, in Proverbs, we're told to keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. In other words, guard the gates of your heart and mind, or your thinking, for from it flow the springs of life. In other words, don't allow any old trash in, any old rubbish. Guard the gates of your heart and mind. But here in the psalm, we're encouraged to swing wide the gates. Why? So that the king of glory may come in. How powerful is that going to be? If we swing wide the gates of our hearts and minds, if there's an openness within us, then we give opportunity then for the King of glory to come in. The King of glory coming in is to do with Christ coming into the deep places of our hearts and minds to positively affect our emotional and mental well-being. I don't know about you, but I want to be changed. I want to be transformed. I want the King of glory to come in. Because when the king of glory comes into my thinking, into my emotions, then things begin to happen. I begin to change. I begin to experience something of the power and influence of Almighty God in my life. Swing wide the gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors. That speaks to me. Ancient doors of things which are a bit rusty. They need some oil in them. They need to move the bad habits that we have in our thinking and our attitude. And we've all got them. Swing, lift them up so that the King of glory may come on. Let there be an openness. And I want to make three points this morning about hearing God's voice in worship. And they are as follows. One, expect to encounter God. Two, expect to see things differently. Three, expect to be strengthened. So it's about expectation. Expect to encounter God. During worship, God meets with us and speaks with us. You know, God is your heavenly father. Our father, Jesus said, when the disciples said, teach us to pray. Our father. He's our heavenly father who loves us. He's tender hearted. He sees the sparrow fall. He numbers the hairs in your head. We did that series recently, Coming Home, about the lost son welcomed by the Father. And the Father's there with his arms outstretched for you and me. Jesus, it says of him, is at the right hand of the majesty on high, and he intercedes for you and me. He's the one that we expect to encounter as we come. He's the one who wants to dialogue with us. We see that right from the beginning of the Bible. He's the one who's there in the garden, with the first parents, dialoguing with them. He's the one with Abraham. When Abraham comes and says about Sodom and Gomorrah, will you destroy that city, you the judge of the whole earth, for fi- if there's 50 in there, 50 good people? No, no, I won't do those 50. Well, what about 45? And he dialogues with God and gets him down to 10. And then we see it as well with Moses, how Moses, it says, was a friend of God. And he met him face to face. And Jesus appearing again post-resurrection in the garden and speaking there with Mary. Our God is not an idol. An idol has eyes, but it doesn't see. It has ears, but it doesn't hear. It has a mouth, but it doesn't speak. Our God has eyes and he sees. He has ears and he hears. He has a mouth and he speaks. So when we come, My question is this, again. Do you come with an attitude of faith? Do you come with an expectation that the Lord may well speak to you? Do you come with an expectation to meet with the Lord? Because the writer to the Hebrews says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to Him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So let's come with that expectation that we're going to meet with the living God and that he is going to speak to us. Let's come with a sense of openness. If I've got a relational problem, say I've got a problem in my marriage, I've got a problem in my finances, or I've got a problem at work, And I come to you for some kind of advice because I trust you. I respect your judgment. And I come to you for some kind of advice. What would I be like if I was open to you? If I was open to hearing what you had to say. I'd be open. I'd be willing to listen. I'd be willing to take on board what you had to say. If I was closed, I wouldn't take on board what you wanted to say. I'd hardly listen. We can be open to the Lord and We need to come with that attitude. Sometimes, actually, our body language can give us away. Our body language, not totally, but often I see, our body language indicates our openness or our lack of it. What about you? Is there an openness to encounter God today and hear him speak to you? What does it mean to hear God's voice in worship well, hearing God's voice in worship may just be that still small voice like Elijah experienced. There's just a sense of, well, you can almost miss it in the hustle and the bustle. And that's why it's good to just take some time to focus. But there's a still small voice where God just almost whispers something to us. It may be that we just have a sense of his presence here. We have a sense of his presence and we feel encouraged. And God is speaking to us through that medium. God speaks in a variety of ways. Perhaps we get a picture. God gives us maybe a picture of something. Or a scripture. Or maybe it's just a fragment, a part of a scripture that just comes to us during the worship. Or maybe it's an impression of some kind. Or perhaps it's a surge of energy from the Holy Spirit. You can have an ordinary week. You can have a bad week, things can be going down the pan, you can come in, and God can encounter you and give you a surge of energy. I've certainly experienced that many times, just had a very basic, ordinary, not been fasting, not been any high spiritual highs. Now come in to the corporate time of worship, and suddenly the Holy Spirit just gives me a surge of energy energy as he speaks to me about who he is maybe it's through one of the songs particularly speaking to us i was challenged again today maybe it was the lord challenging me i surrender i surrender i want to know you more did you sing that this morning did you mean it i surrender i was challenged as i sang that lord have your way lord have your way In me, did I really mean that when I was singing that? Is it something I really want in my life? Do I really want the Lord to have his way in me? I was sort of challenged by that. And as I was singing it in the second meeting, it didn't happen so much in the first, but in the second I thought, do I really mean this when I'm singing it? Is the Lord challenging me here? Is there something I need to surrender more of to him? Was God speaking to me through that song? And we've got some amazing songs as well that send shivers of joy from time to time up up and down my spine. The moon and stars, they wept. I love that line alone. The moon and stars, they wept. The morning sun was dead. Savior of the world was fallen. His body on the cross, his blood poured out for us. The weight of every curse upon him. One final breath he gave as heaven looked away. The Son of God was laid in darkness. A battle in the grave. The war on death was waged. The power of hell forever broken. The ground began to shake. The stone was rolled away. His perfect love could not be overcome. It's amazing, isn't it? Now death, where is your sting? Our resurrected King has rendered you. Hallelujah. Good, isn't it? The Lord can speak to us. We want to come with that sense of expectation, with well, that sense of faith that we're going to encounter the living God. He's not dead. He's alive. And He's a God who communicates. And He wants to communicate with you. Isn't that amazing? Swing wide the gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors. Why? So that the King of glory may come in. We live in an, a, a, a celebrity-obsessed culture. You get your phone out. Oh, can I have a selfie with Tom Cruise? Or can I have a selfie with whoever the latest movie star is? Or can I have a selfie with Andy Murray? I don't know. But the King of Glory we're talking about here. The King of Glory wants to come in. Do you come with a sense of expectation? Do you come with a sense that God is going to meet with you? Do you come with a sense that God wants to communicate with you? Do you come with a sense that the King of Glory wants to come into your life? into your heart, into your thinking, into your emotions? Or is it just, oh well, here we are again. When's this going to finish? The second thing I want to say is expect to see things differently. During worship, we gain perspective. We begin to see how big He is. The psalmist says, Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. Now I understand my daughter's told me that there's going to be a rather special full moon coming up tomorrow, so I hope it's going to be uh, nice and clear. Apparently, it's something to do with the moon's going to be close to the earth, and it has been for since I've been alive anyway. So I'm going to have a look if it's clear. I just have to make sure that I'm looking down the right end. You look as far away as the moon does now. So I need, need to make sure I'm magnifying it, don't I? My, there's some handsome people sitting here today. Wow. Look at them, full of the glory of the Lord. You know, we need to magnify the Lord. We need to see something of the glory and the greatness of God. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Does that mean then that the situation will change? No, it doesn't necessarily mean that. If I have suffered a bereavement, if I have suffered loss, that situation is not going to change. However, the way I look at it may, and as I see something of the glory of God in the face of Jesus, then my thinking may well change. I remember I was going to the airport to pick someone up a few years back, and I was going through a very difficult time in my life. There was someone dear to me, it was causing me a lot of grief and a lot of pain. It was a very difficult time. I shed a few tears. Uh, yeah, and uh, I was on the way to the airport. And I had some music on the stereo, and one of the songs really spoke to me. Spoke to me, and I felt broken. Spoke to me about this person. I felt totally broken. The situation did not change, but I began to change, and my attitude to that person changed. And I felt broken, and I felt compassion. And it's just the fact that as I encountered the Lord in that situation on my own in the car, and I saw something of Jesus' compassion, it changed me. The situation was the same. We heard from Tim this morning as well in his situation, that he's asked the Lord every night, please, I want to wake up and be able to walk. And the situation's not changed, but his way of looking at it has because he has met with God. I was speaking with someone in the office as well this week and they were telling me how they'd had bouts of depression and they'd said to the Lord, why? Why are you not with me? Why don't I experience your presence? Why have you left me? They asked the Lord that time and time again. They came into a time of worship and one of Matt Redmond's songs was being sung. Never once did we ever Walk alone. Never once did you leave us on our own. You are faithful, God. You are faithful. And as they sang that song, their whole attitude to what they'd been going through changed. And they realized the truth that actually God is faithful. The situation did not change. But their attitude did. So the second thing I want to say After the first two, the first one was expect to encounter God, be open, come with faith. The second thing is expect to see things differently. And the third thing is expect to be strengthened. During worship, we can often be emboldened and empowered. See, when we come to the living God, he's not just the living God. He is Jesus. He is God incarnate. He understands the things that we go through. He knows the difficulties that, he, that we face. As a human being, he walked this earth and he knows all about human suffering. There's a beautiful verse in Isaiah 50 verse 4. And I love the RSV's way of translating it where it says this. The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught. That I may know how to sustain with a word Him that is weary. Jesus has the tongue of those who are taught. He knows exactly what it is to be a human being. You know, one of the most precious things that there is in this world is love. It's the love of God. And to love others is a very precious thing to do. When you love someone and they love you, that's so precious and special, isn't it? And I'm not just talking about husband and wife. You know, when you love a friend and they love you, it's a very precious thing. And Jesus, when he came, he loved people. And he gave out of the fullness of his very heart as a human being as well, not just as God Almighty, but as a human being to give someone love. You know one of the most painful things is? One of the most painful things is to have that love rejected. To have it rejected. I don't know if you've ever experienced that in your life where you've loved someone and they've rejected you. It's very painful. Jesus experienced that. He experienced that rejection of the love that he gave. Do you know what? I was thinking about that yesterday as well. How wonderful God is. He, He watches his son being rejected. He watches his son being tortured. He watches his son being crucified. And his son overcomes it all ascends to heaven. And then Father says, okay, now we'll send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes, and the Holy Spirit does what Jesus does as well. He comes and he pours out the love of God. The tragedy is the Holy Spirit's love can be rejected as well. The tragedy of it. So Jesus understands all about the human predicament. Jesus understands all about the difficulties and the heartache that we go through. So we can expect to be strengthened. He can strengthen with a word the person who is weary. And not only does God do it through music, I was out in Nepal, as I said, and uh, I was taken outside the city one late afternoon to see the sunset on the mountains. And it was rather beautiful, but it got dark quite quickly after that, and it was quite a long way. And I was uh, sitting on the back of a motorbike on the way back into the city. It was about a two-hour drive and there was no light pollution there. seemed to be in the middle of nowhere. And uh, as we were driving along, I was leaning back, probably not the wisest thing to do, but I was leaning back, <laughs> looking up at the sky. I thought, oh, I wonder how many stars you can see tonight. And then eventually I said, would it be okay if we just stopped and had a look? So we did. We stopped, and it was splendid. It was the, the Milky Way was visible. That dust, of, almost like dust it looks like, but it's hundreds of thousands of stars, and the bigger constellations were seen as well. And it made us feel very small. How awesome is our God? How big is he? And how small are we in comparison to his greatness? And yet, thank you, Jesus, that you love us so much. You came to give your life for us. And I was strengthened just through that experience And I felt in a land where many idols are worshipped, I need to have confidence in the gospel. Because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And the gospel is the thing, the power that's going to transform people's lives and destinies in that country. So, finally, just to say, expect to encounter God. Come with expectation. Come with faith. Come believing as you seek that God is going to meet with you and speak with you. Expect to see things differently. The situation may not change. But the way we look at it may well change. Because we see something of the greatness of God and that God is with us in the situations of life that we find ourselves in. Magnify the Lord together or on your own. And see something of His greatness. Expect to be strengthened because Jesus understands us through and through. Your history, your thinking, your disappointments. He understands it all and he knows how to strengthen you with a word. So what I want us to do now as the band, I mean the trio, come up. I would like us to just be open right now. We have a loving Heavenly Father who longs to meet with us and be with us and love us. Let's stand together. And I said earlier about body language. It's not a, this is not foolproof. So I just want you to be open. Now for me, I put my hands out. I find it helpful sometimes as a sign I want to be open, so you might like to do that too. However it works for you, let your body language indicate something of the fact that you're open to just receiving afresh, I believe, right now, the love of God. Receiving afresh right now the encouragement of Jesus. He is with you. He loves you. He wants to strengthen you and He knows exactly how to do it. Let's just be open right now. You might in your heart just say right now, Jesus, please, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Fill us now afresh, I pray, Lord Jesus. Touch us in the deep places of our heart and mind, we pray.